So before I get started on this episode, I want to kind of preface it with the fact that I am just a layman at the church. I am not, I don't carry any titles. I don't have any special titles behind me, uh, no degrees, no anything. I The only thing that I know from the Word of God is kind of what He has shown me and what I've figured out just by um, putting myself in the Word every day. I kind of think of it as like a tea bag in water. When you steep a tea bag in water, you just sit in there and it, it permeates the water. And so I try to spend every day in the Word and just kind of let it permeate my soul the best that it can and learn from it. And so that's what I'm talking about today. And the other piece of that is I, I like to memorize Scripture. I want to get better at it. Um, the Bible says that it, the Scripture is the sword of the Spirit. It, you know, I believe there's power in the words um, in the Scripture, and I'm not sure exactly how that works. I know that God moves um, when His Scripture is concerned. I've seen it happen. And I also think that there's going to be some really cool stuff that we find out about science whenever we die and and are in heaven because I don't, I don't think science has figured it all out. I think we try to measure things that we can't really measure and we try to figure things out, but I think there is an order to everything. So I think the power that's in the word and in the scripture is set up and it works a certain way and we just don't know exactly how it works, but I know that it works. And that being said, I'm not real good at memorizing exactly where the scripture came from. I try to memorize it. So the verse that I'm going to, and one of the things that I learned, because I was in, when I was in college, I originally was going to do biblical studies. And it's kind of a funny story. I think the day that I kind of figured out that I wasn't going to be in biblical studies anymore was I had went and traveled around Asia with a buddy of mine. And when I came back, my flight kept getting bumped. So I came back to school like two weeks later and the first day in my Greek class where we were supposed to be learning Greek, it was two weeks after the class started and they were having a test. And so I was handed this paper with a bunch of Greek on it and I was supposed to translate it and I knew absolutely none of it. So the only thing I wrote on the top of my paper other than my name was, it's all Greek to me. And I, th- I thought that was funny. I thought it was good, but the professor did not find it funny and suggested that I drop the course because um, I've already missed too many days. So, and I was too far behind. So, I eventually changed my my course of study, and I was an English major, and that's how I got into education. But anyway, one thing I did learn through some of the Bible classes that I took was that the original scripture was not laid out verse by verse. You know, for example, Paul's letters, like Paul's letter to the Philippians, was a letter. We added the verses later to try to add some order and um, just as a way to be able to reference individual scriptures. So I believe the scripture today is Micah 6, 8. And again, I am driving. And so I didn't have a chance to look that up today, but the scripture goes like this for he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so I just want to break that down a little bit. So Start with the first part. He has shown you, O mortal. Every time I read this scripture, it reminds me 
that God is God and we are just mere mortals. We don't use that vernacular very often in the English language, um, but that's all we are. We're mortar, mortals. We're here and we die. And we're here for just a brief period of time. It seems like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just like a vapor of myths. So he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. So he's shown us what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? You know, this is what God requires of us. You know, this is... A lot of times we try to make it more difficult than it is. And yes, there's other things that he requires of us. And there's some things he requires of us individually. You know, we're we're all going through this journey and it's an individualized journey. It's like customized to our personality. It's customized to help us grow. And so... This is just one scripture of one of the things that, or a couple of things that he requires of us, but it gives me great joy when I think about it because sometimes I, my mind makes things way too complicated. And so what does he say? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So the first two things, to act justly, what does that mean? Because the second part of that is to love mercy. And those two things seem theoretically opposed to each other how do you act justly but love mercy because if you're being merciful you're not necessarily being just but let's look at the first word to act justly you know this is what you do when you're in a situation what does it mean to act justly well i think for justice to be served in some situations if you're in a situation of leadership or power or whatever when you act justly it means that if somebody committed an offense or did it wrong, they're, they're going to have consequences, but those consequences are not going to be um, overly, uh, they're not going to outweigh the action. You know, and I think about this um, sometimes, I guess one of the, the ways that this happens on an individual basis and is most common is when it comes to raising kids. You know, when your kid does something wrong, yes, they need to be punished and they need to learn from it. There's got to be a consequence, but is the consequence in line with what the action is? You know, if they were on their phone when you told them not to be and you ground them for three weeks, that's that's not a consequence that fits the weight of the action, you know, and by the, the same method, if you catch them using drugs and you say, hey, don't do that again, that doesn't fit the weight of the action either. That's too light. So you got, and you know what? It's individualized for every kid as well. We have, we have different um, personalities and sometimes what is, what may be considered just for one child might not be for the other. And the example I give of this, you know, when we were raising our kids, I have three girls and one boy. And the girls are very sensitive, you know. Sometimes, with a lot of things, a stern talking to would put them into tears. You know, they they learned their lesson. They were, you know, repentant. They felt bad. They knew they shouldn't have done it. All that kind of stuff. So sometimes they needed a consequence. Sometimes... The conversation was consequence enough. Now, on the flip side of that was my son. And I know because I was a boy. Anytime I got a talking to like that, 
if there was no other consequence, I secretly felt like I got away with it. Like, I acted like I really cared, but I really felt like I got away with it. So, when my son would do something, sometimes my wife would have a conversation with him, and then we'd talk later, and I'd be like, no, we gotta, we gotta give him a consequence. Like, if we don't give him a consequence, then he he didn't really get a punishment because a talking to to a boy is not a punishment you i could tune out many conversations and i did tune out many conversations growing up so to act justly means that you're giving something that fits the crime yes they do the crime they do the time but the time has to fit the crime does that make sense i'll say it again they do the crime then they do the time but the time's got to fit the crime so that's acting justly and then to love mercy. It's not telling us to always be merciful, but to love mercy. When we see mercy, when we see somebody, you know, on a news thing, sometimes you'll see somebody, their their kid, and I, I don't feel like I could be like this, but sometimes I see somebody and their kid gets killed by a drunk driver or by something else. And you'll see the parent interviewed and Sometimes they say, you know what, I, I forgave them. I forgive them. I'm not going to carry that hatred in my heart. And, you know, that is mercy. That is a powerful thing. And I don't, I would like to think that I could be forgiving like that, but I'm not so sure that I could. At least it would take a very, very long time. So um, mercy is a good thing. And we should love mercy. And if somebody um, gets off with, mercy we shouldn't necessarily be upset by that or bothered by that because we should love mercy but we should always act justly so there's a a little difference between the two and so I always try to keep that in mind like I don't always have to be merciful if it's not going to be just and a lot of times in in my life whenever I have these opportunities um, I think justice there's got to be like when you act justly, it has to be in situations where somebody else was wronged. You know, if I work at a school, so let's say somebody gets uh, um, assaulted by another student. I can't be merciful because that doesn't give justice to the other student. I can't say, well, you know what, we're going to let this one go because there's another person involved. So there's no really one right or wrong answer I think it's a a matter of the heart you know it says that God the word says that God sees the heart and really he's the only person that can see the heart and it also says that the heart is deceptive above all else so I think sometimes we think we know our hearts and we really don't and that's something that I um, over the last few years have kind of not really struggled with but just been cognizant and aware of like I need to really pay attention to what's really going on in my heart what are my motivations? What are my real desires? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Am I doing them for pure reasons? Or am I doing them for reasons to kind of get something selfish for myself? And then the last thing is to walk humbly with your God. There are so many parts of scripture where God is, he does not like pride. And there are great um, characters in the Bible. And i you know, I hate to call them characters because they were real people, but uh, personalities in the Bible that were humble. You know, there's a section in Scripture where if, if y'all 
ever wonder like why did God use Moses in such a powerful way what what made him pick Moses but there is a a part of scripture where it says that Moses was the most humble person on I, I think it says on the face of the earth at the time and so I think being humble is one of the biggest things that you can do and what is what does that mean to walk humbly with your God what does that mean that means that you don't always have to be right and you don't always um, believe you're right you know you you have enough you don't have so much pride that you can't say you know what maybe I was wrong or or maybe I'm wrong in this situation I've told it to my kids sometimes you know sometimes I make a mistake sometimes I don't act justly sometimes I come on too strong and I have to tell them sometimes hey I was wrong I, I shouldn't have done that and I think walking humbly with your God that that's the first thing to walk humbly you have to walk you know you can't be running so fast through life that you're you're not paying attention to what's going on or you're missing things or you're not close to God and then you have to be walking humbly with God with your God you know you you got to include God in everything God's not just something that you go to church for on Sundays and you know get a good message and that's it you got to bring him into every aspect of your life so that is my overview of that scripture Um, I hope it was helpful please share it with somebody Please um, leave me a rating or review and I will see you on the next episode. God bless.